it's work. That's it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good morning, everyone. Uh, today I'll be talking on Mark chapter four, verses one to twenty. Um, I'm pretty sure we've all heard this before. It's uh, that's okay. It's um, some call it the the sower of seeds or, or the sower, sower. Sorry, the parable of the sower or the parable of the seeds or the parable of the soil. Um, same story. Some give it a different name, but it's all good. The same thing. Um, now, before we read this, I want you to understand all parables taught throughout the Bible are just as important as one another and all just as necessary as one another. And um, But for, for me personally, I really like this parable. It, uh, it's, it's important for us as Christians to understand what we're about to talk on here because we are given an example and... and um, we're given a, a command from God to go out and to preach the gospel to all living creatures. And in the parable of the sower, we are given um, statements of how people can react to that parable, how people can react to the gospel. Uh, yeah, sorry, I'll just get straight to Mark chapter 4, verses 1 to 20. Um, so, sorry, this is also, this is, um, all the Bible is, it teaches us how to live our life as a righteous child of God, um, what we can expect. Uh, it go, the Bible obviously goes into every topic on really life, everything, what you're struggling with, what, what shall we do with problems, what shall we, how shall we live our life. We're actually given this. It's pretty self-directing and if we read it, you'll understand it, you learn from it, you actually grow from it too. Um, I found it very beneficial beneficial to go back to the Bible, read through what a problem I'm struggling with, how what should I be doing here, God, rather than my opinion on how I should be handling things, because that hasn't really helped out before. But anyway, sorry, Mark chapter 4, verses 1. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered round him was so large that he got in a boat and sat out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell on the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plant, so they did not bear grain. Still... Other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times. Then Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. When he was alone, and the twelve others around, sorry, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seen, but never perceiving and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path. Where the word is sown, as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away that word that was sown into them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. 
When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still, others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. Okay. So, before we do dive into the depth of this, I just want to do a quick recap of Mark leading up to these events. Um, We start off in chapter 1, Isaiah says, I will send my messenger ahead of you, Uh, he will prepare the way. That messenger being John the Baptist, Uh, he's baptising in the desert region. He has the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem there with him, uh, who is preparing for the arrival of Jesus. He says, um, after me comes one who is greater and more powerful than I. The thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. He also goes on to say that I baptise you with water. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. The people are aware that the Son of God is coming and that, that, that Jesus' arrival is near. Jesus comes up from Nazareth into Galilee and was baptised by John in the Jordan. Uh, this is when Jesus, at the time being baptised, comes up out of the water. He sees the heavens being torn apart and the spirit of uh, the spirit of heaven descending on him like a dove where God says to him uh, you are my son in whom I delight with you I'm well pleased uh, after that uh, sorry Jesus gets sent into the desert for 40 days uh, being tempted by Satan John gets thrown into prison uh, Jesus goes back into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God saying the time has come the kingdom of God is near repent and believe the good news then Jesus goes on and Starts to recruit some of the first disciples. Uh, the first being, oh, I've got it here. King of God and the Pentecostals. He saw Simon and his brother Andrew cast their nets into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, he said. I will make you fisher of men. And once they left the nets and followed him. That would be pretty awesome. I reckon if Jesus came and said that to me, I would definitely be running after him. But um, uh. Yeah, and then after that, uh, Jesus, you'll see all through it, Jesus is driving out evil spirits from chapters 1 to 4. He's driving out evil spirits. He's healing people. Uh, He's actually healing many people. Uh, A a man with leprosy and and a paralytic, and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, He's going through all of Galilee, proclaiming, teaching, driving out demons, healing Proven that he is the Son of God. And uh, he has crowds of people from all different villages and towns following him. The, the people are just awestruck by Jesus and his teachings and his, his wisdom and knowledge and, and his authority. Uh, and uh, again, if, ever, if you ever got to see Jesus, I probably would have done the same. Probably couldn't get enough of him. Um uh, we see in chapter 2 when Jesus heals a paralytic, uh, but what he firstly said to him is, your sins are forgiven. Uh, but there were some teachers of the law there, and they didn't like that. They, they, in their minds, they were saying, who does this man think he is? He's blaspheming. Only God can forgive sins. Now, the Spirit had told Jesus, knowing what these men had thought in their brains, and Jesus confronted them, saying, what is it easier for me to say? Is it easier for me to say, your sins are forgiven, or to get up and walk? But to, to prove that I am the son of, that the man, sorry. Over here. 
should just get straight from the Bible itself. He said to them, Why are you thinking these things, which is easier to say the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven, but that you may... Sorry. Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and take your mat and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full, full view of them all. This amazed everyone. They praised God, saying, We had never seen anything like this. And the teachers of the law, uh, like the, the, now, now the point, sorry, the point of the, I'm trying to link this back. The parable of the sower, we are told on how people can react to hearing the gospel. And, the, and Jesus' actions all up to that is, is it's in the same way linking to that because people were either awestruck by Jesus and in, in his amazing wonders and his works and his powers and or as the teachers of the law, they either disliked him. The people were either for Jesus or against him. And we are warned as, as Christians that that's what we can expect. When we are told to go out and preach, like we've been given the command from God, go out, preach my name to all living creatures. If you're a child of God and you're in Christ Jesus, you have that command. And, <laughs> and uh, although there were many healed and many believed, but uh, uh, for me, that's that's probably not an easy task. I sometimes do fear rejection, and I do struggle with uh, how do I put it, feeling as if, if if I'm the odd one out. But really, I know the truth, and, and I'm probably the only like sorry. I'm going off to ask you. I'll get back. I'll talk to that in a second, but I'll, I'll get back to that. Um, yeah, does that answer the large? how to enter the house and the large crowd. So again, the teachers of the law don't appreciate that Jesus is saying he's the son of God and he has the right to forgive sins. To where knowing that Jesus has... But that, the teachers of the law, you get it in chapter 3, uh, verses 20 um, and onwards to 30, that the, the preachers of the law come down from Jerusalem, uh, teachers of the law come and they, they insult Jesus by saying... He's Beelzebub. He's the prince of demons. By demons, he is driving out demons. But in both instances, in, in chapter 2, when he's hearing the paralytic, and, and oh, pardon me, in chapter 3, when he heard he's, when, he, when people are saying that he's Beelzebub here, driving out demons, he, he says it's, it can't be. It doesn't just prove that he's not only the son of God, which would disprove he's, this, he's a follower of the devil, but he's, it's impossible for him to be a follower of the devil. Or he says in chapter 3, uh, verses 23, So Jesus called them and spoke to them in parables, How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. So there is no, any way, shape or form, is he, in, like, and his actions proved it, and we all know it to be true, he is the Son of Man, he has been given authority to heal as many people as he wants, sorry, as to heal those who have come to Christ, to those who believe. And <laughs> it's actually funny. Out of the people that he healed, that, that like he, he drives out he drives out evil spirits, he casts out demons, he heals many people. He uh, Simon's mother in law. Uh, we get in chapter one, verses uh, thirty, Simon's mother in law was in bed with a fever. And Jesus told and they told Jesus about her. 
So he went to her, took her by the hand and helped her up. So the fever left her and she began to wait on him. She believed. She knew that he was Jesus. And, and we get another example uh, with the man with leprosy in chapter 1, verses 40. A man with leprosy came and came to him and begged on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He knew. He knew and he believed. And Jesus said, filled with compassion, verses 41 here, filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him and he was cured. Jesus is, at, he knew. Simon's mother-in-law knew, the man with leprosy knew, the paralytic knew. In desperation, the paralytic busted through the roof to try and get to Jesus because he couldn't get through the front door, it's too crowded. And that's the termination within itself. I reckon if you try that today and all you had was a stick, you'd be up there for a while. But um, it, we can't expect that there's going to be some people that are just willing for God. They even even new believers or, or new, what do they call that? New to faith. People can be wanting God, and and that's who God loves, and He shows love and affection, and He shows that He is real to them. And some people they can hear the truth, and they don't want that. I like I said before, I I've been afraid of rejection of my mates and my friends, because when I became a Christian, I actually lost a few of them. There was a few mates that I hadn't seen in a while and they rocked up to my house this year actually, not, not too long ago. And they pretty much bagged me out for being a Christian, telling me I'm an idiot for what I believe in. <laughs> and it, it, it was, that was hard to hear. It, it, that was a bit hurtful and, and to what I think was my mates, because unfortunately they're not Christians. They, they, they participate in acts I don't want to participate in and I participate in things they don't want to participate in. So I distanced myself from these people because I felt insulted by them. And, and what I'm about to say, is that it's got nothing to do with me distancing myself from them, but I, I've actually, this year, I've been under the realisation of just, I'm really blessed. I'm not saying life has been easy for me, but I've actually had a very enjoyable time of, as of late, for a long time now. I... Uh, my work, as, lo- as much as we're short-staffed and flat-out working our guts, I love it. And as, as, and, and I've got a Bible study going on down in Deering that I love the people down there. It's stone sharp and stone. They, they, they're a good, good crew to be around and I love them. And, and I love coming to church here on Sunday because, again, stone sharp and stones and new people are amazing to be around and I respect every one of you greatly. I've... Uh, I also come to the realization a couple of months ago that life has been a, like I'm still a young fella and I've still got plenty of growing up to do and I've still got plenty of learning to do, but I am blessed. In the hardships, in the highest highs, and the lowest lows, I've been blessed. And for me to want to keep that to myself, and as much as God has shown me love and forgiveness and grace, can't I also show love and forgiveness to my friends? So I was under that realisation a few months ago and I, and I called them up and I've been catching up with them every now and then because I was the only person in, another realisation, I was the only person in that group that actually talked about God. And as much as they disliked it, they listened. And I might be the only Bible they read, but 
how selfish can I be if I wanted to just treat church and Bible studies and, and Christians as a club? We have been given the command to go out and preach the Lord's name to all living creatures. We have that duty. And it's not out of our strength that we do that. That's out of God. And it's... <laughs> I'll tell you a bit of a story. It's funny. It's... it's uh, one of my... Sorry. Talk, I'll, I'll get back to that in another second. Talking about the highest of highs and lowest of lows, uh, for me, a good scripture for that is, is, is the book of Daniel, where we have... Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and the king has made this new big golden statue and, and he says all must bow down and worship it and they choose not to. And so the, the king brings them forward and he says why don't you bend, you, you need to bend down and bow the knee and, and worship this, this statue I've made and <laughs> like a punch to the gut, I thought it was awesome, they said um no, actually, sorry, the king had threatened to kill them if they did not. And they said, don't worry, our God will deliver us from you. And even if he doesn't, we're not going to worship your gods or your statue. And, and the king had got into a rage and he had the fiery furnace and he, and he cranked up so hot and he was getting the, getting the all three of them and he got the guards walking them up there and it was so hot that actually killed the guards so they were trying to throw it in, throw them in. But that exactly that, we as Christians... People, life want people that are non-Christians, and I see it with my mates. I see it with people that I'm really close with. That they have this lie made up in their mind that what they've got is something worthwhile, and, and, and they love the life of, of doing whatever they free will, and, and and it's just that's not true. They they they're trying to feel an inwardly whole with outwardly objects that are man-made, man-constructed, and and it, it's not fulfilling. And one of my mates his mates, which is just acquaintances to me, I was invited to this party one time and, and they all knew I was Christian and they knew I didn't drink and they, they all got drinks and they were all walking up to me and they said, I've got a gift for you and it goes something along the lines of, this is a gift, it's rude to refuse a gift, you've got to drink this. And I say, and I remember what I said, I said, would you feel offended if I didn't drink it? And they said, yep. And I said, good. I, uh, that was probably not the best way to go about it, but um, but yeah, it's it's been good that I've tried to get back in touch with my mates because every now and then I try and reference a little bit of God or a little bit of Scripture to them, and I pray for them on a constant basis that hopefully one day they would become Christians, that they would have a change of heart. And but exactly that, like Abednego, Shadrach, and Meshach, sorry, we uh, we're better off. Down at, like in the in the lowest parts of life, down in the dumps where we are suffering, we're better off being there with God than we are to try and feed ourselves this lie of living as a non-Christian, living a life that's just sinful. It, it's there is no, there's nothing good in it. It's it's just lies that you tell yourself, and and yeah, it, it's quite unfortunate that I see loved ones do that. But anyway, sorry, going on. Now Jesus has created a name for himself here. He uh, he was so crowded that he had to get on a boat on the lake. He's gone from he's come from Nazareth to Galilee into or to the desert back into Galilee, and he's travelling around. He's gone to towns and villages. Uh, he's gone. Like, he goes up to Capernaum. Uh, 
Sabbath came. This is where Jesus drives out a demon in the synagogue, drives out an evil spirit, sorry. Uh, and then as soon as he left the synagogue, uh, he, he goes for a walk beside, I think it's the Lake of Galilee. Sorry, here we go. Chapter 1, verses 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they had found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to nearby villages, so that I can preach there also. This is why I have come. So they traveled. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Jesus is proving that he is the Son of Man. He has got the authority. He's creating a name for God, but not wanting to build his own kingdom, but God's. And again, people are either loving that or they are hating it. And as we get on further down in the story, we're eventually going to get to where they're, trying to set a trap. they're constantly trying to set traps for Jesus to catch him out in his words, but all they can catch him out is just preaching the truth. They, um, they, they can't get anything to stick against him. There's a... There's one in there, I'm trying to think, I haven't got it written down, but I'm thinking of it. Uh, they, bring, they bring a coin to, to Jesus and they say, is it fair for us to pay tax? Knowing Jesus felt a bit different about it. And he says, whose face is on the coin? And they said, Caesar. And he said, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God's what is God's. <laughs> and the people were amazed and they couldn't, they, like the guards were there and they wanted to pounce, but they just couldn't do anything because Jesus hadn't spoken out against them. They had spoken out against the king and he hadn't done anything wrong. So quite a lot. So I'm sorry. I might seem as if I'm going on a tangent here, but when I got asked a bit to talk about the parable of the soul, I thought, oh yeah, that's easy. I can do that. And quite literally, verses one to what are they? Verses one to one to nine. Is the, Jesus is talking about the parables of, of the seeds and and suffering good soul, and then he explains the rest of it in the rest of the. Uh, down to verse 20 and it's like right well, I've got to try and make a 20 minute conversation out of this I pretty much could have just read you that and gone yep that's today's session for you everyone have a good one but hopefully I've, I've got something here that'll help you but uh, yeah So sorry I'll just read this again again Jesus began to teach by the lake the crowd that had gathered around was so large that he got into the boat he sat out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge he taught them many things by parables uh, and in his teachings he said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and he was scattering the seed. Some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they were withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, uh, which grew up and choked the plants so they could, did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times. Then Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. When he was alone, the twelve and others around him asked about the t- parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding, otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path. Where the word is sown, as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed on rocky places, hear the word, and once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, seed sown among thorns, hear the word, 
But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth and desires for other things come and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. Now, again, I don't, I, if, I don't like talking about me, but I can, only, I, I can only confess here that for me, it, some, some word, the word has been sown into me and, and not, not that I'm producing a crop of 30, 60 or 100, that's not me at all. I don't wish to build a name for myself, I wish to do it for God. But I can say that there has been times that I haven't done that. And it's and I am I'm a bit disappointed in myself that I've had in times treated the church as a club. And he who and I, and one thing that really sticks out to me is he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And as God has given the command of us to go preach the gospel and to all living creatures, rather than feeling ashamed or, or afraid like I have been afraid of persecution and, and troubles that might follow from that. If 99 people are against me and one person is being converted, that's a, that's a struggle worth going through for God. That's another person worth coming to the Lord. Now that's all I've got for today, sorry. I'm not, I'm not short and sweet, so I hope you've learned something out of that. Uh, if you'd like to talk about it after, I'm more willing to talk. And uh, I'll just say a quick prayer and then that's that's it. No, we, we, one, one more song? Yep. Uh, yeah, Father, I, uh, I give thanks that you've presented me with another opportunity to stand up here again, Lord. And um, Father, yeah, I just, Father, I thank you for having me have an understanding that, uh, for all of us to have an understanding that preaching your name's not easy, Lord, but it's worthwhile. Father, because of you, because of uh, your strength that you give us, you give us the spirit, we, you give us the right words to say at the right time, and, and Father, we, like I've said, we are more blessed serving you than we are serving ourselves. We, uh, we, can, we can make lies up in our minds that, that we know what's best for us because no one else is me. But, <coughs> Father, I give thanks that you know better. And, uh, Lord, I just keep praying for friends and families that we can have an impact on them, Lord, and we can preach your name to them. And, Father, I thank you that for the sower of the seeds. We can have that understanding that this is how people might react to your word, to your gospel, Father. And Lord, I give thanks for the people here today, a uh, small crowd, but Father, I give thanks for anyone that shows up. This crowd is a blessing to me. And Lord, I, uh, I pray that I can continue on and grow in knowledge and wisdom and I can preach your name, Father. Amen.